welcome to Ruminations on Tony's Tall Tales. I'm your host, Anthony Pavlich. Thank you, dear listeners, for joining me today. Um, we've got a good one today, I believe. It's uh, Chapter 7. The name is Bond, James Bond. I don't know if I really, really planned that out until I was thinking about it, and then I titled the episode, and very, <laughs> very awesome that it's uh, Chapter 7. Uh, we're going to dive into the final U.S. trailer for No Time to Die. Uh, before we jump into that, I'll give a little script update. Uh, for those that don't know, and if this is your first episode, um, chapter that you're listening to, thank you and welcome. Um, I've been trying to develop a James Bond spec script uh, for a while. It's a full feature uh, film uh, based on James Bond. And um, I've you know had the idea for many, many years, um, really started to try to get uh, down a rough draft over the last about two years. And um, got roughly, I'm getting close to 100 pages, still haven't hit that 100 mark, but um, I ran into some, not say issues, but there were some things that I noticed on the, um, as I was writing scenes, uh, I, I noticed that I was writing the same scene almost back to back in uh, three, uh, three scenes. And so I took a step back, thought about what I was doing. And um, noticed noticed some of the the things that I was doing that needed to be corrected, and I also kind of went back and retooled the outline a little bit. So that's still continuing. Um, I've made some changes with one of the characters in in the script, um, making that characters um, either some of the things they did change a little bit. Maybe the motivations might change throughout the um, the script from the previous thoughts that I had. Um, but also to maybe introducing them a little bit more earlier than I anticipated, which I think might work to the, ben- to, to the benefit of the story. And then some things also that came up in discussions with friends. And then also to, uh, as we'll touch uh, in this episode, I had watched something very recently that, you know, made me think about some things as well. So that's still ongoing. And then also too, I've been really focusing on the ending. Um, I've had some ideas about how I want it to end. Um, but it was more of images and not necessarily anything that was built out concrete. And, you know, the whole thing they they say is that your rough draft should be pretty rough. Um, I still am trying to develop my own process. So I think there's a little bit of my personality that I'm trying to get accustomed to in developing that process. Um I tend to be very particular, very detailed oriented. And so I have a hard time not, you know, going back and perfecting things, but I'm trying to also not be too hard on myself if I do that, but also not too hard on myself if I allow myself to do that. Because if it works for me, then, because that's the thing, you know, a lot of these 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 rules and structures, they're they're good and they're great. And again, you know, if you're starting out, they're probably a great guidepost. Um, but I'm not trying to force myself into any sort of um, method, especially when I'm beginning. So, you know, I'll. Very similar to how I do with my acting is I've taken a lot of different pieces from methodologies, um, theories, ideas, and 
because really, and I've heard this with other actors too, it's really just you, you have to find what works for you. And there might be a, a tool that is great from another process or from another technique that you might not need to do the whole thing or the whole thing might not work for you, but there might be a piece of that method that might be very beneficial for your process. And so really it's just each person's process is really a collection of different tools and techniques. And so I've tried to use that method, that uh, perspective in, in my writing process um, as I'm developing in it and growing and getting more experience in it. So I have gone back and done, you know, I'll review a scene that I may not have liked as, as much um, and make some tweaks, make some changes and think about it. And again, it might not be the best method for getting the script done, which is my ultimate end goal. But I'm trying to, again, not be too hard on myself as I'm still learning through it and, you know, taking stock of it at the end and finding out what worked really well and then what didn't work really well. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. So I, I, as I, let's get it back to the back contract. What the point was, was looking at the ending and just probably making it a little bit more clear in what I want to say, you know, what, what, what I want the ending to look like. So I'm trying to key in on that a little bit more because then I also too, I feel like that'll inform some of the places that I'm stuck at um, and help me get out of that. Also too, another thing I noticed was that I started going back to scenes and very simply asking the questions that I think are most important. Uh, specifically in this scene, what is it that James Bond wants or needs and what is the obstacle? And I've noticed that's helped me get very clear on what is happening in the scene because it's very simple. You can still add a lot of the complexity of the characters and the relationships and their layers and how the dynamics and how they interact and what is going on. But when you get really specific, again, when I reflect back to my acting time, if we were very specific in what we wanted and what our action was in the scene, it ended up becoming more clear to the audience. And it also allowed us to get out of our head and be a lot more organic in our um, approach and in our just action through the scene. So just trying to bring that back into the writing, very similar. If there's uh, a, a clear intention and then a formidable obstacle keeping that character from reaching that intention, then it seems like it really helps the scene be a lot more and allow for it to be more organic, for it to be more um, entertaining and inter interesting. So, yeah, that's where I'm at right now, um, and I feel pretty good about it. Still playing around with the, the new version of Final Draft, um, so hopefully I'll have some more updates um, as I continue that process. And let's dive into it. No time to die. The final trailer was released last week. Uh, the, the film is just around the corner. Uh, the 25th film in the series and Daniel Craig's final outing as the, uh, the, the famous spy. Um, very interesting. Uh, it's, it's interesting in the sense that 
there was two. There was a, the final U.S. trailer, then a final international trailer. And we hadn't, the last trailer before this one was actually all the way last year. Because um, I went back and re- I reviewed them. Uh, the last, it was trailer number two, the official trailer number two came out in September of 2020. So it's been some time. Um, obviously, because the film got pushed back, the, the release date changed multiple times because of the, the the pandemic and it's on track to open in theaters October 8th. So it's literally, <laughs> it's, it's just not even a month away. It's crazy. And um, I'm actually getting more excited as the days tick down that it's going to finally be here. Cause yeah, the original re- release date was April of 2020. So it's been over a year since we were anticipating the film and you know, the film has had a long journey. Um, there was a lot of, you know, back in, you know, there was creative differences with the first director and there was some, you know, the pandemic on in the way, obviously for production that had shut down for a while. Um, Daniel Craig got injured on this film. Um, so there was a lot of things that, you know, really were challenges for the film. So, so it's going to be interesting if some of the time, um, allowed them to really polish the film. Um, some of it might not have because, you know, a lot of it might have already been done. A lot of filming might already may have taken place. But um, hopefully it's, it's the, 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 the absence is going to allow it to be a really solid outing for Daniel Craig as James Bond. Uh, it's it's incredible to think um, that he's been in the role for as long as he has five films, fifteen years. Um, just absolutely incredible. He's had a fantastic run, arguably one of the best, if not the best. Double O Seven. So it's going to be pretty cool. Um, I noticed with this trailer, I didn't find it as exciting as the last one. And so my favorite trailer out of out of the four, if I'm recalling again correctly, um, is the official trailer number two that came out in September. I just thought that the editing was spot on. It gave me the, the feels, the goosebumps, the chills. Um, thought it was excellently put together. The the Just the way they cut the scenes together, the sound that they used, um, really, really solid. I thought it was an excellent uh, example of of a strong and exciting and thrilling trailer. This one, it's, it's ironic because I just noticed that the this one and the one previous are the same time, 2.34. Um, and I just found this one to be not as tight in the, um, the editing. Um, it just felt like there was a lot more space, and which is not necessarily a bad thing. And space meaning that there was a lot of... Um, drawn out sections of, of scenes of uh, musical notes. And it just didn't feel just me personally, just did not feel as exciting. Um, I, I just didn't think it was as strong as a, uh, as a final trailer. I, th- but I think because they had such an excellent trailer on, uh, the, the previous one that, you know, and also too, it might've been that they were you know, at that time they were really thinking that the, the, the movie was going to release. Because um, I think the, the last release date was supposed to be November of last year. Um, 
but it's been a wild, wild ride for this, this film, but I am excited to see it. Um, I think, I think especially too, after rewatching the, um, the previous trailer last year, it really got me pumped up. Um, this one though, I'm a little worried with seeing this trailer because, well, not necessarily worried, but the, they didn't show a lot of new things, which obviously, you know, they still want to keep things, um, hidden and make it a surprise. Um, you still get some of the great shots of the new locations, uh, new characters, uh, familiar characters as well. Um, you got a new double O in there. Uh, I think she's going to be really cool. Uh, it's going to be really awesome to see her. Um, and it's just, it'll be interesting. So, so the, the summary, if you don't know, uh, in no time to die, Bond has left active service and is joining a tranquil life in Jamaica. His peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix Leiter from the CIA turns up asking for help. The mission to rescue a kidnapped scientist turns out to be far more treacherous than expected, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. And that uh, new villain uh, is uh, played by, portrayed by Rami Malek, uh, who I think is a great actor. I'm a little hesitant with villains because... I just feel big blockbuster films have had trouble with villains and um, making them um, dangerous, making them feel just thrilling. But I think danger is the biggest one. Uh, You want to feel like there's a sense, there's a, the real threat to your um, protagonist when they're, you know, butting heads with the, uh, the villain of, of any project. And it's tough because it's tough to write a good villain, you know, um, to make them, it's cause we've almost seen every sort of crazy outlandish scheme. Um, I think that's why it's very important. And we'll get into this point a little bit later. It's very important to flush out your villain with something that is relatable on, um, on a personal level, you know, a lot of these villains that make them very scary and unpredictable is I think there's elements of them that we can easily see within ourselves. And I think that's what makes them very dangerous because you then kind of start wondering, crossing that line is it's not a big leap. Um, and I think that's that's kind of what I've been trying to key in on with my villains uh, in my projects is making them an element of them that doesn't seem that far removed from any one of us. Um, yeah. And that just that's something that really, really excites me uh, when like a good villain, you know, obviously, you know, an iconic villain like Heath Ledger that comes around every once in a while and just blows the doors off of what we think can be done or what is even left to, to do with, with a character. And then someone like him with his talent and just, wow, just really exploding out of the screen. And just your, I remember seeing that film in a theater and you could just hear the collective gasp and almost, everybody holding their breath because when he came on screen for the first time, it was, it was electric. 
that just the room stopped and every you couldn't take your eyes off of him. And what he was able to do so just with it seemed just so effortless and so organic. Whew, you know, it's still it's still chilly. Um so I, but I think that's that's the key with with villains. This is a very good place for us to take a just a short pause as we um hear a nice wonderful message from the Ruminations Radio Network. We'll be right back. What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Welcome back to Ruminations on Tony's Tall Tales. I'm your host, Anthony Pavich. We're talking about um, the new James Bond final trailer that was released in anticipation for the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, coming out next month. So, yeah, one of the things that came out um, last week as well was a documentary um, film called um, entitled Being James Bond. And it was on Apple TV. It's available as a free rental so you can go check that out. And it's just under an hour. A really, really awesome film. It's in conversation with uh, the producers of the James Bond series and uh, Daniel Craig. And they reflect on his run, essentially, all the way back to Casino Royale. And it was really cool to get their perspective on some of the behind-the-scenes things that happened. Um, some of the things that they dealt with when Daniel Craig was announced as the new James Bond and just what they had to go through with some of the the films. Um, and it was really, really interesting. Um, it's really tough with blockbuster films of this magnitude, with these multi-billion dollar franchises, is there's so much history and so much weight that it's very difficult to take creative risks. And that's part of what my criticisms have been with some of these franchises like Star Wars Um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now, is that there is so much money and effort and time being put into these projects that the studios and the productions are trying to mitigate as much as that risk as possible and make the final product as accessible to as many audience members as possible. So that way they can get that return on investment and also make a profit. So it's very difficult to go in and, you know, overturn the apple cart, so to speak, with very risky um, directions and story and narrative for franchises that are established. Um, And I understand it from that business aspect. Um, And I think that's where the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, I want to say struggling, but they're, they're definitely into that territory and those waters right now. I think, though, that Infinity War and Endgame were very uh, well done um, within that environment. I think the Russo brothers did a fantastic job of straddling that balance of making it accessible to everybody, but giving it a great payoff for the fans that had been there for multiple years, but then also taking some 
some pretty cool risks that worked, you know, um, I thought it was just magnificent what they were able to do with, uh, a, a big budget franchise like that. Um, and so, but then you have star Wars force awakens, which I thought did not do a very good job of, of finding that balance. Um, I think it played a way too safe and I think it struggled because of it. Um, not not on the box office because obviously it was still a big success. I think a lot of that was just people were <laughs> we've been waiting years for a new Star Wars movie and one that was actually after Return of the Jedi. So there was that pent up excitement, expectation. And that's the thing too. It's hard to to go into some of these established franchises with again all this history and all this expectation. So I think that's why it's been, you know, very difficult for me to watch some of these projects because it's been not necessarily the stories that I really want to tell or I, I want to see. Um, so that's why I'm trying to, you know, write my own story. Um, and I think that, and I hope that No Time to Die is solid film. I'm not sure if it's going to be as good as, you know, Casino Royale or even Skyfall, but um I'm very hopeful that it, it can be, it can be a solid title in that series. And again, I don't think it's going to be horrible by any, by any means. I just, um, just worry if they're going to be, if they're retreading some of the ground that was already laid out in some of the previous films, um, especially with this, um, I I'm guessing that the kidnapped scientist that he goes to, to look for is, um, the one that we see in the trailer and she's, they have a, a history, they've, uh, have a relationship and then she holds some secret um, that more than likely is connecting her to the main villain. Um, and I'm just a little worried that, you know, we saw some of that development or some of that exploration in the first one with his relationship with Vesper. Um, and then again, I'm worried about the villain because uh, it's very hard to, to just write a great villain um, and make him very mysterious, but also very chilling and just very dangerous and unpredictable it's very hard to do um and then a little bit of two if they're going to play a little bit more on the bond is old can he do it uh because again we i felt we saw some of that already in skyfall and and i feel too it's this thing where he's been out of the game for a while and he's he's you know quote unquote retired but then he comes back so I'm just a little worried if it's going to retread some of the notes that have already been done. Um, and that's why I'm very fascinated with, with the character because again, <laughs> there's so much history. Um, where else can you take Bond? And that's why I'm really excited about my idea because I think it's, it's, it's one that can take him a place that really we haven't explored yet, but you know, it's pretty risky. So I've got no illusions that it'll ever be uh, made into an actual film, but you know, it's great to dream. So again, very excited though, to check it out. I hope it's going to be, um, fantastic and it should be, should be a great ride, uh, either way. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's snazzy, you know, it's got some really beautiful locations. Uh, you got the cars, you got the gadgets and, uh, it's looking pretty good. So, um, yeah, in that, um, I'll talk a little bit more of that documentary. Um, because they were talking in, about some of the challenges that they had to face with, you know, quantum, especially that one, 
you know, obviously isn't considered very, it, it, it's not considered very good. <laughs> and that was because they didn't have a, a, a script, a full script when they went into shooting it. And also too, it was happening during the, the writer's strike. And then the actor's strike was impending. So they were really under the gun to get the movie done. Um, so one of the things that they mentioned, and this is the point that I really wanted to key on, key in on, was that they said that that film focused too much on plot and not enough on the story and the storyline. And I thought that was very interesting. And the 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 idea behind that is that plot doesn't really give you the meat and potatoes of what is going on in the narrative. It's just almost the structure. While the storyline is what is captivating us, is what is keeping us invested in the characters, the relationships, and why we want to watch them in the first place. And I thought that was fascinating because as I've been looking at other projects and looking at other films, books, anything, shows, I am starting to see that. And I've noticed, too, a lot of my criticisms sometimes fall within productions that are just so focused on the plot and not the story. They're, they're, they're more concerned with getting characters in the way to just move the plot forward as opposed to it being the intention, the obstacle, being the characters driving the plot forward. And... I just found this very fascinating because you can see that in the other films as well. You know, so in Quantum, very plot heavy. So you don't have a lot of the dynamics that we saw with the character and James Bond and how he interacted with other people like we did in Casino Royale or even Skyfall. There was a lot of stuff going on with those characters in Skyfall. Um, Spectre fell back in a little bit too, too plotty. You know, it was more concerned with moving the plot, getting the plot going, then really engaging with the characters and what they need to interact with in order to get what they want. Um, and so that's why I'm a little on the fence on this one in that sense, is I hope it gets back to that storytelling of Skyfall and Casino Royale, where we're really seeing, because again, and that's why when I really think about it and go back and watch Casino Royale again, it was such it was such a great risk. But they did it in a way that was they introduced a lot of creativity in in the story and the character, a lot of new stuff. You know, it was a quote unquote new James Bond, James Bond that got a lot of bad press in the beginning. It's just the same thing where, you know, they get cast and all this hatred comes out and say, oh, it's a terrible choice. There's not cool enough. It's not, you know, pretty enough and all this nonsense. And then, you know, obviously, Daniel Craig comes in, knocks it out of that, the park. But I think also, too, in that film, they did a great job of of digging into the characters' layers a little bit, making them a little more vulnerable, um, opening them up, um, that bravado, you know, getting under there a little bit. You know, having him, you know, fall in love. Um, so I think it was a great way for them 
to take some of those risks and make it fresh and make it new, but still honor the history. And then obviously make it, you know, exciting for a broad audience. So yeah, just that idea of, of storyline and plot really started making me think about uh, my script as well is focusing on, on these characters, you know? So the idea is basically Bond is dealing with something that I don't think he's ever dealt with um, thus far. And how does he engage with the people around him to just reconcile with that? You know, his, his, uh, I'm trying to develop it where his whole entire world is shattered in a sense. His everything that he believed is a lie. Um, everything he thought was real is completely upended. Um, so it, it's, it's, I think it's a really great way to, to, to then move the plot because, um, as they had mentioned, if you make the plot very simple and your storyline is the, the, the focus is the driving, then it, it just, everything kind of clicks um, the storyline is what propels us. The storyline is what is driving, uh, the mission forward. And then, but it's all structured on a very simple plot. And when you look at that, a lot of the good, good iterations of that, you see that in place. So I was like, why was that really good? It was like basic, you know, basic plot, but man, you got, you really got invested in the characters and you're really just you're right there with them with the journey. Um, so it's really exciting. It's really exciting. So if you get a chance, check it out. Yeah, I think it's only going to be available for about 30 days. Um, and I think it might, because it's free and I think it might move to a paid rental or purchase option, but it was really cool. It was very fascinating. They talked about a lot of the things, um, that he had to deal with, um, during the, the filming of those, those movies. And, just really cool, man. Um, I'm really excited and I hope it's going to be a great film. And again, I'll probably do actually probably do a recap once I see it next month and then, uh, you know, sound off and again. It's my, it's my opinions. I know it's probably, I'm not the, the, the typical audience member that, uh, they're trying to get, but, um, you know, I hope it's going to be at least, you know, I, I can still enjoy a, f a film or some production and find it entertaining. Even if I don't really think it's the greatest, you know, I can still find enjoyment out of it. So, yeah, until next time, we will we will check it out on the um, on the ruminations here. So thank you, dear listeners. You've been listening to Ruminations on Tony's Tall Tales, a production of Ruminations Radio Network. Take this moment to subscribe, rate, and review our show, and we would love to connect with you on social media at Tony's Tall Tales. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. You can also visit RuminationsRadioNetwork.com for additional great shows such as Retro Futurist Culture and Cinephile Hissy Fit. Uh, fantastic shows. We also got more like Ruminations of Red Rum, Brevity Box, just fantastic content being put out by fantastic creators. And for all of your burning questions and passionate feedback, drop us a line at ruminationsradio at gmail.com. And also, we have just launched on Patreon. So you can support us with your hard-earned dollars as we continue to uh, put out um, what we hope is fantastic quality um, content to you each and every week, every month. Uh, so visit us at ruminationsradio.com 
network.com and you find more information on how to sign up. Thank you again. Until next time. Cheers. Thousands affected by Hurricane Ida urgently need support. Your donation can help the American Red Cross provide warm meals, shelter, and hope to these families. Please donate today. Go to redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to donate to Hurricane Ida. Your support is critical. We can't do it without you.